coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Den. You're listening to The Brothers Catch-Up. This is, I believe, episode 7. I am Sal Biazzi, and with me, as always, is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. And, uh, wow, what a an amazing time to be recording uh, with you, because it's your first holiday back in New Jersey. How has Christmas in the Northeast been this year? Cold. <laughs> it's been really good, though. It I hasn't really... been that cold at all, actually. Um, it's been cold, but like not cold. It's starting to get cold. The past couple days have been cold. But it's been really nice. I've enjoyed... Like it's, it's actually felt like Christmas, in yeah. my opinion. Like, the actual... The, the crisp air. I was watched way more Christmas movies this year than all of last year. Even watched a bunch of those crappy Netflix ones. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been liking it. I'm very happy to be back in New Jersey. And I... Do you get a sense? I guess do Christmas lights feel better in the cold yes, weather? A hundred percent. They just don't feel right you know, in the warm you, weather. I'm trying to even like think last year in Florida if there was any No, I, I really don't remember like any houses that went like all out with lights. It just doesn't feel right. Like no. it just feels weird. So one of the downfalls of our podcast is I can't ask you how or what you did over the holiday break because i was with you but yes. how'd you think our christmas was um that was really good Got the food <laughs> food was good. great food's good you know we're italian so christmas eve shout out mom is the day delicious um christmas day we didn't spend together christmas day we were apart yes um i have two pairs of shoes thanks to you yeah you're welcome <laughs> and uh yeah we have a great you also have a night hat now oh yeah i took it off because my ears were getting warm but i'm gonna put Which it back is, on can you not a night cap no a night cap is a drink to end the night it is the <laughs> cap is, on my... your night it is a drink no that is a birthday hat with a ball <laughs> on it that you wear to bed it's a night cap. you look like winnie the pooh i sleep in this now or ebenezer scrooge i have a nice candle that I walk around yeah, with, that's with exactly a little what, finger hole. And that's I, exactly what it looks like. And I adjust my glasses, and I'm like, ooh, out what, my arm. The, remember the Barney tape that you were scared of when you were a kid? I wasn't, I was afraid There's of. There's the scene. Yes, the little bear. But he doesn't no, have. No, he's an owl, isn't he an owl? No, he's a bear. And he comes, but he's wearing like that. Yes. He looks like you. It's scary. Well, I've always wanted a matching pajama set with a nightcap, and Rachel my lovely wife was able to provide it. I'm glad she could make your dreams come true. <laughs> it really, it's been like a lifelong thing. I, I still just don't understand the point of the night hat. Like, it's, I don't know what it's accomplishing on your head. I can only say that it just keeps you very cozy. Can I try it on? Yes. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll understand more about the nightcap if I try it on. Right. So this is why we need a visual component to our podcast. Yeah, we gotta start recording video. Um... See? It's itchy. No. That's not very cozy. That's not the hat. That's my lice. I'd be itching trying to sleep. (laughs) No. Also, if I'm trying to sleep on my left side, the ball. But the ball is kind of like a little pillow. No, but that's what the pillow is for. Maybe if I was like a homeless person. (laughs) You know what? That's what these are for. They're for homeless people. (laughs) So when they sleep on the street, they have like a little pillow attached, keeps their ears warm in the winter. No way. We figured it out. That's untrue. 
I threw my Christmas tree out like the second Christmas over, like twelve oh one on <laughs> December twenty sixth. We threw I, the tree out of that. I wanted to throw ours out on Christmas Day because like Christmas Eve, we were like done. Like Christmas is over at that point. We're like, we'll get the tree out of here. We were, like, gotta wait a day. But yeah, your tree was a mess. It it was completely your tree was, like, dust. Yeah, it was completely dead. It was it. By the time I got it to the curb, there wasn't a single pine needle, like, left on a branch. It was just a bare twig tree. I'm telling you, your thing sealed, and you just didn't... Yeah, that must You gotta been. cut a fresh layer before you but put it in But the guy the told me when we were leaving the tree farm, he told me three hours. And we went from the tree farm to my house, 20 minutes away. It's crazy that... And we've been chopping trees down from there... Forever. Forever. And that's never happened to me. But you know what happens. Because your tree, bad. Mom's tree, bad. Our tree, good. awesome. Really right, good. There you go. And the only difference was when we got home, I hacked the fuck out of the bottom with like a kitchen knife. Because like, I don't have a saw or anything. Yeah. And I just. I'll do that next year. I'll just make sure. Made it healthy. But see, my tree last year, we took out. We left it in the stand until almost at, well after New Year because it was so good and healthy and drank so much. And then I left it on the side of the driveway. And it, and it stayed green, like, literally until the summer. This tree, this has been the best. I, I was just telling Amanda this on the way over. Like, I think this is probably the best tree we had. It drank the entire time. Wasn't super, like, I was just taking the lights off it before we came over. And, like, I was ripping the lights off, and it was fine. Like, the needles were staying on. So, the only thing is, this year was probably, like, the saddest tree we ever had, even though it was such a nice tree. All it had was lights. And then we ordered like a set of. Did you see them? Did you come over the house and see the ornaments? I don't think um, you did. I think it came over before we had the ornaments. Yeah. No, I think I. I think there were some ornaments. Maybe just one. No. So we ordered a box from Amazon, and I don't know if, like, the picture makes it look like a normal sized ornament, but they were like, itsy bitsy ornaments. And there's only like twelve of them. So it's really just sparsely decorated red balls that are really tiny, like little golf balls. And then our cats knocked off the entire bottom half of the ornaments. So our tree was just empty. There was, like, nothing on it. Sounds very Christmassy. It was nice. And we, like, barely ever plugged it in. And when you do plug it in, the lights are, like, all the way shoved into the tree. I don't have my backlights on right now, but they've been on almost 24 hours a day for the last When are you going to take those down? How long after Christmas do you keep Christmas lights up? I don't wait very long. I like to get them down pretty quick, but... I probably leave them up. I like to at least go wait till New Year. Right, you gotta get till New Year. So, so I just didn't plug them in tonight, and it's now late, so I probably won't, won't plug them there's in. No point. But I'll probably plug them in tomorrow. I'll go through probably this week and then, then take, them, take down. them down. But I don't really have a set routine with it. It's just if I get a nice day, I want to jump on it, take the lights down. Do you have a favorite Christmas present from this year? Uh, well, actually. I have this pen that's in front of me, and it's the, probably the Christmas present that I've used. One? Yeah. It's the Christmas present I've probably used the most so far. That's a heavy pen. I've just been jotting down in my notebook all sorts of random things. Um, I've gotten into fountain pens over the last year. So I've I received blue ink and a new pen, and I can't be happier. They're very, very nice, uh, very nice, thoughtful gift. The only thing you need now... To go with this pen is like a really nice notebook that's got like the thick paper. It's like almost like parchment. I have will just write better. I have a bunch of very nice notebooks, all scattered with various amounts of 
writing fillings in, in yeah. them. But locating them at any given time is always a challenge. What about you? Favorite gift? Yeah. Um, I should have thought about it when I asked you because I should have saw that question coming back to me. I found the other uh, schmegma, by the way. Not what they're called. Shemag. <laughs> Shmog? Shemag? Shemag. Shemag. I you found look, the other one. So I have two. You found your other terrorist headdress. Yes. I almost wore it to the Freehold Mall today, but Rachel wouldn't let me. Like, I had it on my head. I was ready to walk out the door. I think they would... I think you'd be questioned. It's not fair. There, it. I need to wear a face mask. But those aren't. I. I mean, I've the only place I've ever seen those. Like those aren't like a normal headdress or like. What are you talking about? Of course they are. No, those are. I've only seen those in Call of Duty video games, and <laughs> they're only worn by the, the enemy side. <laughs> No, so, that has nothing to do with it. It's just for like, it's literally for when you live in a dusty place and you need to cover you your face from sandstorms. You live in New Jersey. Well, I need face masks now and I like interesting things and it's a cool way to tie a headdress around your head and walk around. And I like to kind of See, this is why. push the bullshit. This is why. Wait, hold on. Yes. This is why. <laughs> I've, been, I've been calling you hipster for so long. And like you are the truest sense of the word hipster. Fuck like you. hipsters aren't really hipsters like the hipsters we all call hipsters are like want to be hipsters you are a true hipster in the way of like you you really do walk to your own beat (laughs) and like you are so out there with like shit you'll do like that i was so excited to wear that to the mall until rachel made i told the next time i go out alone like that's my mask I, you know, I wear the bandana almost 24 hours a day now. Yeah, and the and it's bandana looks ridiculous. It's so, I don't care. It's something I would have been doing anyway if they, we had an excuse to wear bandanas. And now that you guys want me to wear masks nonstop. But depending works. on where you go, the bandana doesn't work. The only time I've had an issue was that time at the boardwalk yeah. when they told me it wasn't a mask. And I was <laughs> so fucking pissed off about it. They were like, you have to put this over your mask. They gave me a surgical mask. I hate those stupid surgical masks. And the point is, those stupid surgical masks are way less effective than they're made out to be. They say it right there on 90% of the boxes if you read them. Hey, this doesn't do anything for coronavirus. It's fine. You could wear them if it makes you feel good. But don't force your beliefs on other people. That's what. That's the principle here. That's the stand. <laughs> You dickheads, don't force your beliefs on me. Is this what you guys say to everyone? Don't force your beliefs on me, the liberals. But we're protecting other people. No, we're not. You're being ridiculous. Go away. That's what I say to those people. And it's my right to say that. I am really tired of just the amount of people that I encounter online (laughs) who are so okay with just giving up every right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is for the sake of like, please, daddy government, keep me safe. It's so crazy to me. Please, daddy government. I hate that shit. It's so crazy. The government isn't your friend. They're definitely not your parent. <laughs> They're definitely not looking out for you. Yeah, like, who interest. the fuck are they, really? Like, who the fuck are they to tell They're me what I can do? They're a bunch of fucking billionaires. They work for me. Yeah, they don't. I'm the taxpayer. They if work you for think me, na- so fuck you. If you believe that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi work for you, you are an asshole. If you actually believe that those people work for I you. I agree. Those people would... They say that to you, then they go behind your back and they laugh. They all laugh. 
We're just going to skip right over football and go right into No, I didn't want to get into the shit. Actually, I want to get back into Christmas, though. Okay. Um, I actually don't have anything else to say about, about Christmas. It was a good football. run Christmas. We're done. See you next year. I want to talk about the NFL about and Christmas because I think they really are dropping the ball here. They had a really great showing this holiday with, like, the game being on, like... They're dominating basketball right now. Yeah. Like they're dominating the sports landscape. Well, it's so funny you mentioned that because I'm sitting here and with what the Dolphins are doing, tell me right now, honestly, what are your thoughts on like the Yankees? Do you care? Okay, at so all? here's what I was gonna say. They're dominating the, the sports landscape. I could give a shit about the MLB hot stuff because they've ruined their sport. MLB has killed themselves. Killed I don't them. care about you anymore. They've killed it's crazy. They've killed the offseason in baseball. No one cares. They, the players union and the MLB owners have no one to blame but themselves and that's fine. Um, basketball and the NBA have just harakiried themselves all over the place for a million different reasons. Well, their issue... And then people gave NFL a bunch of shit with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. But it wasn't about Colin Kaepernick. It was, we don't want this in our sport. We want to kind of keep our sport. We'll do a little bit, but for the most part, we want our sport to just be the escape. NBA said, no, 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 we're going to go full in. Very social justice very not an escape. But I think that's not all of it. I, no, I, I do sure think not. a lot of the politics is a problem for a lot of the sports. But I think with basketball in particular... Basketball really upset a lot of people with the China stuff. Yeah. And then their athletes in themselves are so prominent and such a big aspect on what makes that sport successful that when you have people like LeBron and, I don't know, I don't want to get into the other players because the only one I really can speak about is LeBron. When you have players like that who isolate large portions of the fan base, it really does do damage to the brand yeah. image. Like that's it's like that's, anything. That's also a problem with with basketball in the sense of like football's like they always say it's the ultimate team sport. Yeah. Basketball's not by any means. Like you don't It'd be like if a golfer came out and said something like pro China in the middle like during the Cold War, remember when like it would you You'd have an athlete, and they would be, show sympathies for Russia, and like they'd be like ostracized. That's what we're so, at. Whoa, that gets like, crazy. And the entire NBA kind of has shown their hand with China in that way, and it turns a lot of people off. Um, but you need that money, baby. The NFL really had an opportunity this weekend to put some good games on, and they didn't for the first two days of their programming. The Viking Saints game, I didn't get to watch. Apparently, that was good. Saints um, just shit all over them. But they. They didn't. I don't know what they're doing putting the Lions on TV. Why do the Lions get in so the many middle of the day? Games? The middle of the day is treated like no one's watching the NFL on Thanksgiving and on I guess the Saturday after Christmas when everyone's at home not like doing everyone's anything. Watching. What are you doing? Everyone's watching, and you put on a game where the Lions, the city of Detroit, just gets embarrassed. Yeah, but you Again. almost you almost get a pass for that game because you have Brady playing for the Bucks and he goes off. But, like, if Tom Brady's looked like shit a lot of this year, if he looked like shit against the Lions and that's just, like, a slog fest, like, ugh. But the problem is Brady was on the bench by middle of the second quarter. 
No, was he? Yeah, like they were just like, ah, we don't need to see Brady anymore. What's happening? For like five <laughs> touchdowns. Dude, that's it. So uh, they got to stop putting Detroit on on when they what don't have the, to. What was you the can leave them on oh, Thanksgiving. Cardinals, 49ers. It was okay. And then the the but, gem of the day. But be more flexible with your schedule so you can tell the teams, like, every, hey, we might put you on. Every team. Sh- I, I 100% Give them, like, that. a week or two in advance. But you can, with a week or two heads up. Every team should be able to be flexed your, every single week. Put your big, important games on when people yeah. are watching. Like, the, the Dolphins-Raiders game was awesome. It didn't end until 1130 at night. And, like, you, not for nothing, if you... I understand the flexing to like a Thursday is very hard, but if you're going to play on a Sunday and then you flex them to either the Monday or the Sunday night, I don't think that's that big of a difference. And you you should be able to figure it out in like a week. Like you should be able to a week a week out look at the games coming up and be like, "All right, this is going to be a good game. Let's yeah. put it in prime time." Yeah, I think so. And like they do it sometimes. But like they don't do it all the time. They, they don't should do, just it do it very often at all. They should do it they should all do the it time. A lot. They should just flex the shit out of games. Because there's so many games I'm interested in that yes. are then crammed into the Sunday 1 o'clock window that yeah. I have to flip between. And then you get to Sunday night and you're not watching anything important. Although this week, Sunday night, which Packers. we should be watching right now. Yeah, I don't know why I don't have it on. All right, Packers I'm going to put Titans. it on. We're going to pause. All right, before we get into the scores, let's pause. I'm going to get myself a glass of water. Okay. I'll put the game on. Okay. And then we'll continue this conversation. All right, we're back. Put the game on. It is nineteen nothing. Green Bay playing in Lambeau in the snow. We just turned sorry Titans. We just turned it on, and within a span of literally two minutes, the Packers have scored a touchdown. Adams in the back of the end zone, and then the to the pack. The Titans went three and lost what twenty yards, and now they're punting. So and now the Packers ball again. In good Listen, in field, good field position. Good luck being Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau in the snow. In a blizzard. Um, but real quick before we before we do dive into football, I want to go back to the about the it's kind of football the Dolphins. Okay, and how the Dolphins being good in this like new start almost to this franchise, and you know like there's a a future here with the coach, the quarterback, the the draft capital, the cap room. It's exciting. There's no doubt about it. And then I look to my baseball f- fandom. And the Yankees are a shell of what the Yankees used to be. They don't... They're just... They're weird. Like, their decision-making for the past few years has been bizarre. They don't make the big, flashy trades at the deadline when it, when they know they've needed to in regards to, like, bullpen stuff. And I can't be honest. I'm not even remotely excited for the baseball season. I'm not interested in it. Well, you know that I am a diehard, lifelong baseball purist. Yes, yeah, I love baseball. It's my sport. favorite sport. I like it more than football. And but right now, it's last like, year, by the end of the season, I was hardly watching it. And baseball's killing themselves, especially like all the rule changes last year and the shortened season. And they're going to do it again this year, by the way. I don't know if you've been paying attention to like anything about it. But like, there's going to be another delay to this season because they're not going to be able to figure out getting paid. And they're yeah. going to delay this season. And this season will now be another shortened season. Are you going to have back-to-back shortened seasons? Fuck you, I'm out. Like, I'm going to watch, obviously, but if they keep going down this path, sorry. Like, I don't, 
I don't know. It pisses Football, me off. Football's done a good job of keeping the product as similar to normal as possible. You barely really notice the difference. Uh, besides, like, I do wish the, the weird fans were there. Calls. Oh, you're talking about COVID stuff. I don't know what to attribute the disinterest in the other sports to a lot of in a lot of ways other than the political side of things which i think does have some impact but i don't think it's as great of impact as a lot of people attribute but i do think there's a lot of fans moving away from these sports for a lot of reasons and it's in a time where you think they'd be watching more and they're really not here's i can't speak to basketball but for baseball why they changed the rules for this season doesn't make any sense football didn't change the rules of their sport for this season but here you have baseball saying, okay, well, since it's a shortened season, we're going to do a runner on second in the extra innings because we want it, we want it to be quick games and stuff. Dude, fuck you. But the Why prob- are you changing your sports but the problem because is, of a shortened season? It's crazy. I don't think it's been – I think that it's the last straw for a lot of people. So what I'm saying is I don't think it's um, – it wasn't just this shortened season that did it. It's just the culmination of a lot of years of a mentality that's kind of progressed over time that culminated with the rule changes in the shortened season that led to a lot of people saying, all right, I'm out. You know I've what I mean? A, I've been a big proponent of the National League going to the DH, but I'm against it now. Because now I, I understand what the National League fans are saying. And yeah. even though I think it'll make the product better... It, I don't think let, it will, though. Let, I mean, let, it, let the National League be different. Let them have their pitchers hit. Who cares? Better is subjective. But there is something special about the game of baseball that had that doesn't have to be rushed or hurried to garner attention. Yeah. So, on the one hand, I do think that baseball games don't have to be four and a half hours. You know what I mean? Because for a long time, baseball games were under three hours. But a lot of that I would attribute not to the game itself, but to the advertising and monetization of baseball. Yeah, so I don't know how you fix baseball, but I do think that these sports are suffering from a lack of viewership for a reason. But the NFL has been the best at keeping their product purest. And purest in the sense that it's just a reminder every Sunday you sit down, you watch football, and it's football. And you and nothing – you don't worry about COVID. You don't worry about transgender issues. You don't worry about who's getting shot by cops. You don't worry about what wars we're in. It's just, it's just hey, it's there's a, a football game on. That's we good. Are, we are in such a, a world right now where the political climate <laughs> is so like, why do we need it in our sports? Yeah, come just, on, man. And people, oh, I hate like the argument. Like, well, you know, they have a platform. It's a good thing to. Have. It's like, no, shut up. Like, I just want to watch sports. That's why sports exists. I want to just. No, but I disagree with that. Like, I think LeBron James or Kenny Stills or any athlete can can in their spare time. Oh, I agree with that. But I'm saying when, do whatever the, they when the want. game is on, I just want to watch a football game. Yes. I think that, but I don't think it's been that in baseball. I really don't think that's been that much of a problem. I think a lot of baseball's issue is changing its rules and catering to this mentality that the game has to be butchered baseball's and altered and is chopped Ma- up. Is, is, it gets talked about a lot, but baseball's problem is Rob Manfred and how everyone who works for baseball and is supposed to be the ones helping to grow the game hate the sport. It's fucking crazy. It does Look seem at, like that. When you watch a football game... We've been saying that for years. Do the football commentators talk about how bad their sport is? No. 
they praise their sport. They praise this game. Yeah. You put turn on a baseball game, they're like, oh, I'm not a fan of this pitching change <laughs> nonsense. Shut the <laughs> fuck up, dude. Yeah. John Smoltz, piece of shit. Anyway. When I, me and Amanda went and went to, what is it? It's the Diamond Resorts uh, Championship. It's an LPGA Tour event where they pay, play with celebrities. Yeah. And John Smoltz was playing in it. And so we were there, and we're walking down the fairway, and John Smoltz is like, I don't know, maybe 10 feet away. I so badly wanted to just start yelling at I didn't. I held back, and also was scared. Stop like, not, changing the I'm rules of baseball. Well, yeah, because John anything. Smoltz will beat the hell out of you. But anyway, all right, we got to get into football. Yeah. We got to talk about the Dolphins. Yes. Where do well, we start with the Dolphins or football? Well, I think that game was incredibly exciting. I think that in the wake of it today, it's a shame that a lot of the conversation has been directed at the quarterback controversy that doesn't actually exist. This there team is no is quarterback controversy. This team is in a perfect position right now. You have a young quarterback who you're developing. You have a savvy veteran quarterback at the end of his career who's willing to just throw it into every minuscule window. I would have bet my life that game was going to end in a Ryan Fitzpatrick interception. Yes. People don't really understand, I think, from the outside, if you're not a Dolphins fan and you're just watching the Dolphins occasionally or on the highlight reel when they pop up, what is actually happening here. But the Dolphins have no offensive weapons. Our best offensive pieces, Mike Gusecki and Devontae Parker, are incredibly hampered by injuries right now. They're barely on the field. Gusecki played. With a torn torn labrum. Jeez. Now, and Jakeem Grant didn't play. But even when Jakeem Grant is healthy, like, Jakeem Grant shouldn't be one of your wide receiver targets. He's our number three wide receiver. Imagine, so, like, we're in a really tough spot. Imagine if our backup quarterback wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's say it was anybody else at that exact same skill level. I don't know who would who would be there. Like, I don't know what who else is in that, that level. But if it wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick, would it be this big of a deal? Non-stop talk about Tua Fitzpatrick. It's because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's like the NFL's darling for some reason because he's just a maniac and he's played for every team under the sun. But yeah. that's it. Like, if it was like Matt Schaub as your backup quarterback, no one would say a word. I don't think that's necessarily true. If Blake true. Bortles was your backup quarterback, well, Blake Bortles not as good. I don't think that's necessarily true but. because the media does kind of latch on to random quarterback figures. Like you had Minshew or whoever. You know, there's always a few figures that come and grab attention. So it could have been a backup quarterback. If the Dolphins were winning and then replaced them with Tua, they would have made a big deal about it. And then when they come back in and they win again. Like, they want to create that controversy. But I don't think the controversy exists because the Dolphins themselves have a structure right now where you can allow Tua to learn. But it's good that Tua is not throwing the ball the way that Fitzpatrick is necessarily throwing the ball yeah, I don't at want, times. I don't want my, core, my rookie quarterback getting benched for throwing nine picks. Look at what happened to Jalen Hurts today. Like Jalen, I watched an entire Cowboys Eagles game. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good to come out of the gate. You might be sitting there saying, like, "Oh man, I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Tua." But then, as the game goes on and Jalen Hurts starts throwing, turning the ball over because they get behind, you don't want that to happen. And the Dolphins team is good enough where we're not the Eagles, and we don't have to fall behind by three scores and let a rookie quarterback like Justin Herbert just sling the ball all over the field yes. like a mental patient. That's the biggest difference. That's like- fine. Tua keeps getting compared to the other rookie quarterbacks, which is natural with rookie quarterbacks. You always compare them to their class. Yes. They're all on shit garbage teams. Yes. The Dolphins are... We're, <laughs> we're not that right we're now. 10 we're 10-5 with pretty the good. game against the Bills to go to 11-5 and lock up a playoff spot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. A little different. 
So, like, yeah, I get it. And Tua hasn't looked great necessarily, but there have been times where you could absolutely see the future quarterback of this franchise, and that's good. Yeah. But there have been times where he's definitely struggled to find the open receiver, especially when you take away his talented receiver receiving targets and replace them with walk-on guys, and then take away his offensive linemen and replace them with even more. We had three offensive linemen who are rookies, if things are good. And one of them is hurt. And one of them is hurt. So like it's... We have to replace our rookie offensive lineman. <laughs> like, what quality is that? That, like, it's the backup to the rookie lineman. So, I... So, but, in spite of all that... And then we also had... I, like, the biggest issue against the Raiders was not being able to actually get to Tarek Carr. I think we only sacked him twice. And... But, I mean, he just had all day to throw. Yeah. And if we... If we weren't missing Shaq Lawson, I think that's a completely different game. I think there's an, a ton of pressure on him, and I think we kind of destroy them. I hope so. But either way, I think that the conversation today is dominated by whether or not the Dolphins, oh, should they? what, what are they doing with two is two and not the guy. And I don't think that matters right now. I think what matters right now is just win every game you can. If you win against the Bills, you're definitely in the playoffs. Even if you lose, you have a decent shot at making the playoffs. Tua, in his interview today, kind of said what you said before. It's like, you don't want your rookie quarterback making the throws Fitz is making. And Tua kind of alluded to that. He said he is. I got to do a better job, for sure, of like taking what the defense is giving me and understanding that sometimes you, you might have to make a throw that's contested. He goes, but as of right now, he, this, he goes, as of right now, like I don't want to make those throws. Like I'm making... He's making the smart throws. And they may not be the exciting throws. I mean, I also still think that the play calling is wildly different for the two quarterbacks. And you, you can't convince me otherwise. But. but I think it's unfair to say that this is a normal operating procedure. Because if things were going according to plan or good, you wouldn't be benching, benching Tua for fit. So on the one hand, I don't think it's that big of a problem. But on the other hand, it is an ideal. So, if we're being fair, I think it's smart, and we were talking about this off mic before the podcast, but I'll bring it up again here. I do think it's smart that the Dolphins start looking for alternatives to Tua going forward in case they find themselves in a situation next year where they're saying to themselves, hey, he's not the guy. You can get out ahead of that. If in this draft class you could spend a late second or early third round pick on a quarterback that slid a little further than you thought he was going to get... As a project, a better project than what you're normally doing for projects, which is normally like fifth to seventh rounders, take a middle talent that you think maybe there's potential that this guy could be a starter in this league. Because it's okay. That's going to be like we a said, guy like Trask, though. But that's okay because we said it with Tua. Tua doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL with the roster that this team has for exactly. us to win year in and year out for the next few years. We need a quarterback that's reliable and good. I still think, though, like, again, I it's eight fucking games. I agree. Like, I, I look at Tua, and I look at some of the things he does on a week-to-week basis, and I see a future MVP. I can, he makes, I can agree with that. Like, yesterday, right? Like, we're watching the game. We know the offense isn't doing much. We Fitz comes in, quick scores post-game conference about how our offense, we needed a spark and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I start really thinking, like, man, Tua played like garbage. And then I watch the highlights of the game. And I'm like, Tua made some fucking awesome throws yesterday. It, like, Tua didn't play bad by any means. He was completing, I, I don't know what his completion percentage ended up being, but I, mean, I think it was 
somewhere in the 60s. It's like he's it's not like he's missing throws all the time. He was under pressure so much and maybe he's got to get the ball out quicker, you could say that, but again, it's hard to get the ball out quick when you have no weapons and no one is creating any separation and can run crisp routes. It's it's tough. I agree. But I also do think that when Fitzpatrick comes in and runs the offense more efficiently, it does give you a reason. But I agree with you that it is only eight games. And I agree with you that I do believe that Tua can be the future of this franchise. But all I'm saying is that you, the Dolphins are in a unique position where they can take this opportunity to prepare themselves for a situation where they find themselves questioning whether or not Tua is that guy. But my, my other point to it is like, Fitzpatrick made a ridiculous throw where he was getting a face mask. And then he made two throws to Gasicki. So that's three throws. That's it. That was it. Yeah. Outside of that, he did the exact same shit. That two. Two. I agree. Yes. The Gaskin touchdown is on Gaskin. It's not and on two Fitz. A, and two, what Tua did to start the game, especially through the first two quarters, was just protect the football and play the offense that he was asked to play. It like I don't think it's Tua's fault that he's not heaving Chang, the ball downfield. Like I really do believe Changeli came into this season, and they remember our bye week was what. Week 11, we yeah. had a late bye. Yeah. That got pushed up to week five? We had the week five bye? All of a sudden, two was in a lot sooner than we thought. Week so, seven. like, I think... I think it was earlier than that. It was earlier than week seven. Had we, were, what, we, played the, one. we played the Jets. I guess it was week five. Oh, uh, no, maybe it was week seven. Cause maybe, anyway, but the point is, is, like, Chang Gilly was brought in. To be the offensive coordinator for a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led team. I don't think they brought in Chang Gailey to be like the future offensive coordinator down the line. Because he's he was retired. You're not bringing a retired offensive coordinator back to be the, f- the offensive coordinator for Tua's career. That's not, that's not what it was. So I think, I think Chang Gailey feels very comfortable with Ryan Fitzpatrick. When he sees Ryan Fitzpatrick back there, he opens the... The book up a little bit, calls a little bit of different styles because he trusts him more, which is fine if you want to trust Fitzpatrick more. But Flores said it today in the interviews. It's like, no one sees what we see at practice and the walkthroughs and what we see. Tua is special, man. Like, everyone says it. And I agree with that. And the drop, like the Jakeem Grant drop, like, it's just that. But I agree with you on everything you're saying. But the only thing differently I'm saying is that I think we've gone through the years and years of living without a quarterback. And we finally have a team here that looks special with a coach that looks like he knows what he's doing. Give him the opportunity to draft another quarterback Which who is, he can develop I'm not ag- and have as that piece. Like, forget Fitzpatrick. Forget a veteran. I'm not against it. But I think you need the veteran because next year... Listen, you're ten and you, five. Hold on, wait, hold on. You're ten and five. This team is showing you they are playoff contenders right now. Yes. Next year, with some more wide receivers, another piece on defense, you're you're a Super Bowl contending team, a hundred percent. God forbid Tua gets hurt. You don't want a rookie coming in to to help mend that. You want a experienced quarterback that can help either but, either get you there. Or fill in the gaps when while two was out, but kind of like a Nick Foles in Philadelphia. But here's the only disagreement I have with you. There is that 
I think that you do that anyway, but you're just not doing it with the same type of veteran. So, like, in my head, I'm running with Tua as my guy, right? Tua's going to go out there and start 16 games for me, and he's going to win the games, and I'm not pulling him for any circumstance Correct. if we're losing. Like, he doesn't get no pulled backups. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing 100%. like that. That's ridiculous. If I'm doing that next year... There's a problem. There's a real problem. And I'll admit it then. But if we're not... I want the kid behind him to be someone who I am confident can come in and win me games, but is also someone who's young and under control. So that every team wants that person. We have the ability to do it. Any team could do that. Any team could draft a quarterback late and it's like, this is our young guy who's going to go in there in case anything happens and he's also going to possibly be our future. That's That's every young backup quarterback. We have a top three pick this year. We're eleven and we're possibly going to be eleven and five. If we're in the playoffs and we have the number three pick in the draft or the number three to what seven, that's great. If we have that draft pick, three to seven, another first round draft pick later, two second round draft picks, we could draft. We could definitely trade out of one of those picks, accumulate more of a stockpile, and put an asset towards a young quarterback this year that you believe in to say to Tua, hey. This isn't a threat. This isn't a competition for the starting job. But we're trying to develop and mentor both go of do, you. Go do the research. Then, tell me who that guy is, and then maybe we'll, we'll talk about it. But I don't see anyone in this draft draft class that's like, besides Trevor Lawrence and Fields, which they're obviously not going to be the guys who But we're not talking about on. starters. Ta- I'm I not agree. talking about someone who's ever going to be the starter of the Miami Dolphins. I'm talking about dra- developing your backup that you can be confident in. That's all. Look at what Kirk Cousins did with his career. Those people, this is what the Washington Redskins actually did in the RG3 trade and draft. We can do that. And their franchise is a mess now because they didn't trust Shanahan, who actually had it kind of under control with two quarterbacks that could have both won them games that were young and under control for a long time. Very fair point. Just have faith in the guys you have there to scout and draft players and say to them, get players to fill your needs. But hey, your need might be to a tongue of Iloa someday because you're having issues right now with him finishing games that you need to win to get into the playoffs. And I want Tua to be the guy, and I believe that he can be the guy. But in this playoff run so far, there have been two moments where we had an opportunity and where he had an opportunity to win these games, and it was Ryan Fitzpatrick who won the game. That's that happened one time. One time, time. Frank Fitzpatrick threw, threw the pick the to lose the, other the game. Time. You're Fitzpatrick, right. listen, there was a moment in this game where you took two out down three and you were gonna lose by two with Fitzpatrick. That was your difference. Was yes. one fucking point. You're right. So get out of here with the Ryan Fitzpatrick shit. All Brian Flores is doing is trying to win, win games. football games with I a agree. rookie quarterback the best way he can. Next year. Tua is the guy. You put pieces around him, and you let him play quarterback. That's it. It's that simple. It is literally that simple. I 100% agree. The only difference is I'm saying that one of the pieces you're putting around him is a young backup quarterback. Which, fine, you could do that. But, like, I would bet you right now that's not going to happen. I guarantee we don't draft a quarterback. Well, I probably not. I guess yeah, you're, right. you're probably right. But I think it would be smart. There's to do so, so many needs on this team. Like this team is good right now. Yeah. And there's so many needs. And there's a lot of needs you could fill. But like you don't need the quarter. Like you can get that quarterback next year. I think you need the quarterback. I don't think you need it at all. You're just saying you get like, it next year. What if Tua gets hurt? We're Which is why that. I think. But that's why I'm saying like you just try to get a vet in there for one year. Bring in a vet on a one year deal to be 
be the backup. Because in your window, when you are in a championship window, which I think the Dolphins are, are opening that window right now, probably not this year. It's going to be a tough go to the Super Bowl. But you just said we're a year ahead of schedule. We're here. We're ready to, to go. We want to build a little mini dynasty. Who do you put in to that backup role? I think it's a vet. The problem is I don't want to find ourselves in the middle of this dynasty a year from now at the end of next season or the season after that saying, wow, we can't rely on Tua. And now we have to find Tua's replacement. And we don't have assets stacked at the front of a draft. Which, by the way, though. To get a top end If that's talent. what they want to do, if they want to get a quarterback to sit behind him, this is exactly why the people who are saying they shouldn't bench fits. Like, this is why they put Tua in. They want to see what they have in yes. Tua. But I think... You've seen enough from uh, I think you've seen enough from Tua to, to say he he is your future. Like I, I don't agree. think I don't think you can make any type of decision that Tua is not your future based on anything that you've seen out of him in these eight weeks. You just haven't seen enough to tell you that he's the it though. You, I think you seen... say this all the time with the weapons. He who is he throwing to? But we did the same thing with Tannehill. For his entire career. Tannehill was actually throwing to people. I agree. And look at what Tannehill's doing now. Tannehill's actually good. Yes. But because he has answer... weapons on that fucking team. He's got Corey Davis. He's got A.J. Brown. He's got... Uh, who's the fucking the tight end? God damn, I can't think of the tight but end. But the answer isn't... John U. Smith? The answer isn't to ignore the, the real issue. And that is developing and sustaining... A long-term quarterback solution for the team and if Tua isn't going to answer that question next year you're going to be ans- asking that question you really are but I don't think I don't think it's a... what's the difference between what we're doing like why what the Chiefs did with Mahomes they sit him the entire first year you have no idea what you have and then you just put him out there now Mahomes is fucking awesome, wins an MVP in his rookie year when he actually plays. But what's to say Tua doesn't come out next year and looks like that? I hope he does. Like, we, we've we seen him this year have incredible moments. I, we watched him against the Cardinals, how I believe good he, he was. I believe he can. I, I want him We've to. seen him in college. Yeah. Everything about Tua, I forever, is he's a good quarterback. I really love the kid. And as long as he's healthy, which so far in the NFL he's been healthy— He's going to be okay. Yeah. So put the pieces around him and let him ball out next year. I agree. I, I don't get it. I think so, too. I agree with everything you're saying. The, again, the only difference, I would just say that if I'm drafting for the Dolphins this year, I'm looking seriously at maybe adding a quarterback to the room. I think that maybe I get to is I look for a quarterback who I say, hey, he's never going to be the superstar. But if you can find Kirk Cousins this year, I think you try and find him. Sure. Okay. But I'm telling my again, every I think every team tries to do that every no, I don't year. think they do, because they would do it. They try to do it. Quarterbacks suck. There's like a handful <laughs> of good quarterbacks in the league. It's so hard to find well, a good the quarterback. Kind of did it with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's not a good quarterback. He's a good football player. He's not a good quarterback. Big difference. Yeah. He doesn't throw touchdowns. He doesn't throw the ball. He runs the ball. But they're trying to well, you're right. I agree with that too. Jameis Winston's a backup quarterback. He, he's backing up Taysom Hill. Yeah. Like, 
skilled quarterbacks are so hard to come by. So, like, yeah, sure, let's draft a quarterback in the third round. But this idea that, like, well, we really scouted him. He's our guy. We're going to develop him behind Tua. So he's like, yeah, that sounds great. It, it doesn't happen. Teams would do it all the time. But I think they do do it. I just don't think that – whatever. It's fine. We don't have to keep arguing about it. We're going around in circles. At the end of the day, Miami Dolphins played the Raiders, and the Raiders – Lost also, in dramatic fashion. It was great. You said it was an exciting game. And I'm like, yeah, it was. And then I was thinking about it. It's like, not really. Like, it was an exciting last four minutes. Yes. Like, legitimately, it was four minutes at the end of the game. That was really exciting. The whole game before that was kind of like, eh. Very field goal heavy. Nothing crazy happened. So. But, Dolphins win. Win next week. You're in. Lose next week. And you need some help. Yeah. I just I just think that this team is so well positioned because of the smart decision making of the front office and the head coach that you have to be ecstatic where we got so far. And every opportunity to keep building on that and winning is great, no matter who's quarterback, no matter who's running back. And the ob- object now is just continue to make this roster all 52 spots as strong as possible. No matter who gets hurt, you need to have depth and confidence in every position. Because if you could do that, you could sustain success because that's what the Patriots did. And I think that this team has the potential right now to build something like what the Patriots did. Now, I'm not saying we could win seven championships, but maybe you can go to the playoffs for the next decade. Today I was on the phone with my buddy, and I mentioned it. It was like, for a team with, like, not a lot of talent, we're a very good team. And he said, he goes, it's the Patriots, man. The Patriots didn't have a lot of talent while they were winning – like yes, they had Brady. Yes, they had Gronk. Um, they had they had Moss at one point. They had some nice defensive pieces. Like they never really were a full team of just like studs. Yeah. Like they they've never had the talent that like the Bucks have this year, ever. Or even the Chiefs. Or the Chiefs. Yeah. Like the like the Chiefs are powerhouse. Are good because they have so much talent. Yeah. Like, and Mahomes is great. And Andy Reid's a great coach too. Like I'm not taking anything away from Andy Reid, but. It is different than like what the Patriots built. But we're it's a very like, different. Type we're like of in the very early infancy of something that could potentially but blossom into Flores that someday. Flores has shown. I I really think he's if you're being coach hopeful. of the year. He has shown so far. He's the best Belichick tree disciple so far, and the future of the Dolphins in my head is a Belichickian type coach with an. With the Chiefs right now, type of skill around them, and I mean, let's fucking go. Like sustains his success for a while. I hope so. I and I think the potential's there, and I think Tua is absolutely poised to be the guy. He has the right mindset and the talent to do it. We've seen it a million times. It just has to show up on the field. That's it. And it's gonna. I think so. I hope so. And it has already. It's shown up on the field, and it's going to continue to show up. And sometimes it won't show up. Sometimes you just have bad games. I agree. Sometimes the defense comes out and shows you shit that you're like, oh, I haven't yeah, seen this but before. The problem is, and this is why it's a good problem to have, the problem is we threw him in and now we're in a playoff race where we have a real roster that can win playoff games and two is now the quarterback of it. But it's not it's a bad it's thing a, to have to weird, pull him for it's a fits weird spot. to try and it's win the game. It's a weird spot to be. Yeah. Like, you win the, Saint, the Raiders game because of fits. Like, if Fitz was playing when you're playing the Cardinals, you're probably not winning that game. But maybe you win the Broncos game. 
but you probably don't even come close in the Chiefs game. So, like, it's weird. Like, it, it's just it, each quarterback does different things, so you, you're just in it. But that's why Flores is, like, it's like our closer. Like, we need a spark. We bring him in at the end of the game if we need it. Yeah. We hope we don't need to do it. But that's but that's what we're saying about next year. Like this, you, this can't be something that you're doing in the future. But I think it can be something you're doing right now. I think Tua's actually, coming off a gruesome injury that nearly ended his career with no preseason this his, year or anything like that. Herbert and Joe Burrow were getting ready for the NFL, and Tua was learning to walk again. You know Correct. what I mean? So like, he's not necessarily all the way there either. So what you're seeing is Tua, you don't know what he'll be six months from now. You don't know what he'll be to start next season. But next season, if we're in the playoff chase again, which is the plan because you're building this roster and you've put pieces around him and the you're second, feeling late in games I will make can't a promise. Him, I'll make a promise a right now. It will be a problem. I'm going to monitor for next NFL season MVP odds. Yeah. And I'll, I will lock in before the season starts, before preseason starts. You're gonna lock in I will lock into it for MVP, <laughs> but I'm gonna wait until I like the number I okay. get. But yeah, I will. I will put at least a hundred on to a to an MVP because awesome. like that's how confident I am. Awesome. All right, good. I might do that with you. I'd love to. I want yeah. him to do it. I'm just saying that you you have the opportunity to be ready in case that happens. That's a lot of football talk. That's okay though. Things broke well for the Dolphins today too. Uh, the yeah. Ravens did win their game. Browns lost. But the Browns lost. Colts lost. Texans lost. The New York Jets Falcons should keep Adam Gates. Or lost. Um, Adam Gates should be the coach of the New York Jets going forward. He's shown progress. It was really clearly Greg Williams' fault the Jets are only a two-win team. So keep Gates around. Not for nothing. I, I'm not even saying this sarcastically. <clears throat> I do think... I do think Donald would be better on a different team. I think Donald's actually good. He's not bad. But if you're the Jets sitting with that second pick and you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, I know Fields is there, but, like, is Fields an upgrade over Donald? I'm not sure he's, like, a super upgrade. I think he's better, but, like... And it's hard to take the tackle. But it's like, dude, like, let's trade out a two. Let's recruit... Let's get some assets here and let's start building a team. Like, that's what I would be doing if I'm the Jets, but... Who knows what to do? Well, the Jets are the hardest team in the world to predict. <laughs> I think they're going to keep Darnold and Gase now because of these wins. I really do think they're going to do that. Who do they play in, week, in the last week? I don't know. Well, they must be playing the... Mm, don't you always play your the division? Pats. They're playing the Pats. Maybe they'll beat the Pats. Are they playing the Pats? They could win that game. Oh, yeah, they are playing the Pats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could definitely win it. I don't know if they will, though. Two might be... Two is a lot. Two in a row is a lot for a team that had one... Dude, they're, they are one 14. awful Greg Williams play call away from winning three to the last four, though. Yeah, they're playing good football. So Their defense is, has played well. Yeah, today they look really good. I watched Like, they game. held the Browns to 16 points? Mm-hmm. I was rooting for them the whole time. <laughs> like, let's go, baby! Adam Gase! <laughs> Tell you what, the Jets have been good to me this year. Thank you, Jets. Two easy wins. Like, easy wins. <laughs> And then you've also gotten your win so you don't get Trevor Lawrence. Thank you. Got another win. So you really lock in the fact you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. That's amazing. I don't know what the future of the Jets is, but I hope it's... They're five years. I hope the Bills... Five years minimum away. I hope the Bills and Dolphins dominate this division for a long time. Really it's going to be... 
because if two is good, which I think he will be, him and Josh Allen in this division. It'd be so that, cool. Dude, Josh Allen's fucking fun to watch. Yeah, and Darnold could be good, but like on a six-win jet team every year. I hope we just don't ever have to talk about the Patriots. I hope the Patriots just kind of fade, fade away into like the ether. <laughs> they just go out like a fart, just like, like we dissipate over time. Shut up. Shut up. Like let, Let's have Belichick leave. They have no quarterback, and they're just bad. They're just good. legitimately a bad team. I would well, love the that. Patriots before Belichick and Brady were irrelevant for their entire history as a franchise. So, Go back to that. Will we ever see another Patriots again in the NFL? I don't think so. The Chiefs right now, if they can pull off another one, are going to be like, that's going to be two. And then let's see how long Mahomes can can ball out for. I don't buy that necessary. We're eight, look at according to this douchebag on TV, we're even 88% chance to make the playoffs now. We're only 37, which is crazy. We re- the, It wasn't going, it was going into this week. On the playoff predictor, the Ravens, who don't hold a playoff spot, had like an 83% chance to make the playoffs. And then us, who held a playoff <laughs> spot, had like a 2% chance. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, we're, we have... Who's making me this? <laughs> it is so dumb. Uh-oh, Goff is hurt. That might be good, because he's terrible. <laughs> I don't know who their backup is, but like... Jared Goff's not good. All right, what else do we want to talk about? Well, there were other things. So, over Christmas, there was that um, bombing. <laughs> Hold on. Delete that. That was so no, bad. No, that's so good. Yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> that was perfect. You just started so low. Like, the podcast was going, talking about football. That's so good. And then just, so, uh, over Christmas, there was, you know, that thing. That uh, bo- well, actually, I guess that's actually good because of how it got no attention. That's the point. No one cares about the fact that like there was a bombing on Christmas yeah, Day, like a an actual bombing. And today, the FBI comes out and they name the guy who did it. I'm not gonna. He's na- dead. I'm not gonna say his name. He's he was found with the bombing supposedly. If you believe anything that comes out of any authority figure's mouth in almost any circumstance at this point, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, nothing about this bombing makes any sense. And they're going to tell you that this one guy did it alone when the recording... He used a recording and a woman's voice was on the recording. So, like, do we have any answers about the recording? Like, who recorded it with him? Do we have any answers about anything? We don't have any answers about the Vegas shooting. No, of course not. That's two years ago. Three years ago. How fucking long ago was that? So, it's a shame we're in this state, but... There's no legitimacy to any of our law enforcement institutions. Uh, the people who run our government can get away with blatant crimes. Like when things like this happen, and the news media covers them specific ways, and there's no actual transparency with any of it. It's impossible to trust anything. And and in this circumstance, maybe not cover it because it really did get almost ignored completely. You know, and I mean, I've. But to be it, fair, it to, wasn't even just ignored because I don't pay attention to the actual news media. I don't give a fuck what those people say. But I get a good gauge on things just from Twitter. No one's even tweeting about it. No one, no one cares. No one cares. We've been so we've been so bogged down with uh, everything for so long that you could blow up part of a U.S. city on a major U.S. holiday and, and, just, and, sure and like people just pe- ignore it. We're I'm just, sure like the people of Nashville care. 
But yes. if you go outside of Nashville and outside of Tennessee, like a, it but just I mean, doesn't feel like it's. But anything. I mean, care relative to like what we're just so consumed with all the time. I wanted to talk a little bit about, and I know we're so pressed on time. I don't want to just bring up new topics, but it kind of relates. Like, I keep seeing the commercials for this show, The Masked <laughs> Dancer, and I don't know anything out about it beyond the commercials that they put out, and it's just so dystopian to me. Like the society we live in is so, so wholly rotted and terrible. Dude, I'm telling you, you like, said I... it. You said it so long ago about when, <laughs> when your society rots and your culture rots it and just everything goes to shit. It's like you don't see it. Your art sucks. Yes. Your movies suck. Everything sucks. Everything. Your music sucks. Star Wars sucks. is terrible now. <laughs> like everything is bad. Everything's bad, and that's okay. You just have to recognize it for what it is. Like, our culture and our society has failed and collapsed. And we're not going to realize it until there's rubble and wars in the streets. And that's why, like, people who don't know me well enough will look at my Facebook posts and think I'm... And really come to the probably the fair conclusion at this point that I am, like, an unhinged nut job or whatever. But in reality, I am just have a dry sense of humor and I'm sarcastic about the fact that I can't see a way out of our society seriously is on the verge of severe troubles. The good news is <laughs> this past week I've learned about um, the super volcano in Yellowstone. Yes. Maybe that'll just erupt and put us out of our misery. We'll no, but be see, done. I think at the end of the day it won't be that bad. Like, because I was talking about this won't, with. Well, it won't be that bad. If we look at the current moment, like, we've never experienced a moment like this, where the, the, the heightened anxiety of the populace is in such a state, right? I think as a, as a people, we, as a global society, not even just America, like, just everyone around the globe have been through so much. But it's psychological torment. Like, this isn't actually the bubonic plague, and this no, isn't World War Three. And this isn't the Great Depression. And this isn't a million other things that have actually taken precedent in, in actual human history before that have caused tremendous death and destruction and unrest. This is something different, but it's being inflicted on us by the media that we're so connected to and dependent on now. We are under constant attack by negative vibrations all the time. And... In a way, it is a warfare. You said it before that yeah. oh, it is like because you said it's not World War Three, but I, but I was it like, is. well, maybe it is. Like maybe it is. Like this is how the wars are now. Like yeah, they don't, they don't need guns. Someone's like, a, but is it a war? I would it's say it's a war for you. It's a war yes. for your mind. It's a war for your attention span. It is a war for control. Yes. And that's the at the end of the day, right now, I don't think that you can look back at another time in this in this society, in this country, in this world, where the people have had so little control. Yeah. These like people's businesses being shut down. You have no control of a business that you started. People not being you can't go outside without wearing a mask. In, in Australia, people are getting fined and arrested for leaving the home. Go look into what the numbers. What are we doing? Go look into the numbers about how many people around the third world have starved because of the production needs going down in developed nations. Like, it's I'd, horrifying. I'd be, like, scared, yeah. Yeah, it's horrifying. It's like, I think it's in the millions at this point. So, like, you're talking about tremendous destruction, 
but it's coming in, in almost artificial means. And it's okay, but we have to recognize it. Like, you just have to understand it and take a deep breath. Because on the one hand, you want to say, oh, you know, it's China, because China is our enemy, and China is the global power that's on the rise. But it's not China. It's the transient... It's the transnationalist, deep state, dude. but it's not even the deep state. The deep state is the tool of the people who have control of the global happenings of the world. The people with the most money and power. We have, we're living in a time where the richest people on this earth make the pharaohs and the kings and name it the Roman emperors and the Byzantine emperors. They put them to shame. Yeah. They put them to shame. These people have more money than gods. They have things that you couldn't even dream of. They have airplanes and fighter jets. They have their own private armies and islands. It's not the same life that you and I live. And that's okay. Well, but understand that this society is built on a real house of cards. Like the show House of Cards is like tongue-in-cheek and fun. Like, oh, haha, what if your politics were like this? And I'm not saying that our politics is actually like the House of Cards. But what I'm saying is that then it's called House of Cards for a reason because your politics is a house of cards. Like geopolitics in general and American politics specifically are crumbling because the structures of it are so fragile. And when you print money at random and send it all so around the world, it only can this, last so this long. This past week was a, a really good example of it because of um, the Trump speech about the bill, the $600 bill and how – it's not even just about how we need to get the American people more money. It's what is all this other garbage in here? The $45 million to Pakistani gender programs or $15 million, whatever it was. And someone today on Twitter posted a picture of this mansion in what looks like San Francisco. And it's like, this is where the Pakistani gender program money goes. It, it, it doesn't matter. We can label that money whatever it is. It doesn't matter. That money goes. never actually sees any of these things. The Maybe money, some of it does. The money goes to these people. The money goes to a million different places. It goes places, to the lobbyists. But it, it goes, goes to all the, over. It goes to the politicians. It goes to... it's. The people shouldn't be willingly giving more money to the government at this point. They haven't proven they deserve any of it. Dude, no taxation without representation. Let's bring that shit back. I'm but done. But we have the rep- representation, but it's almost in quotations at this mark point because, like, what are they actually representing? Like, what interests? Like... I don't trust you. There's a comedian. I don't know who it is at this point, but they they talk about taxes and how like I'd be more willing to. Is it Tosh? No, it's not Tosh. I'd I'd be more willing to pay taxes if they gave me like an itemized receipt for like what what like where is my money going? Yeah. Because at this point, I have no faith that anything our government does, and not, I mean that it's not like I've really ever had faith, but government is so bad it's just so bad but that's the scariest point for me is the people who i used to consider myself on the same political side of watching them pander to this ideology that is really pushing to enhance the u.s apparatus of war to continue an ideology that has caused suffering around the globe for 20 years that we a few years ago knew was the problem and now we are embracing as the solution for some reason. These people are dangerous to me. And I think that's why we've been so adamant that they didn't win legitimately. But at the end of the day, <coughs> excuse me, their eggs are in, their ba- in the basket of... Like we have to play pretend. We trust that you're going to wind up at the end of the day knowing 
you're gonna care more about this little life that you have, your your family, your other yeah. thing, and you're gonna just ignore it because you have no other choice. You can't fight us. We are too big. We're everywhere to fight. <laughs> Maybe they and are. It feels and it and it does. It, it feels kind of completely helpless sometimes. And trying to get other people to to feel the gravity of the situation is so, <laughs> it's so hard. Futile. And it's so it's such a frustrating battle. Like, no, don't you understand like what we're what we're dealing with? It's like, nah, you're crazy. This like, is your life. No, like this is it. Like this is what we this is what we live in now. You're giving people power who really don't deserve it. Alright, I think that's a good note to end it on. Aren't we all feeling better? Yeah, you're checked out. You're just drawing pictures. You look, looks like <laughs> I drew a penguin. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a spirally penguin. <laughs> um, yeah, so on that note, I hope everyone had a great holiday and a happy new year. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you in the new in year. 2021. Right? Yes. And I just got to be honest. There's so many things I'm thankful for going into the new year. Maybe next week we'll do New Year's resolutions or something. Ooh, yeah. But I want to say I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Amanda. I'm thankful for mom and dad and our wonderful Christmas that we all had as a family. My uncle, my aunt. I'm thankful for having a job, a house, a beautiful pregnant wife, a beautiful dog, and uh, two beautiful dogs, I guess. <clears throat> Just happy for very, all the many blessings in life, and I hope you all can say the same, and I'm, ha- and I'm praying for all of you, and I hope you have a wonderful time. Life can be hard. We can make a lot about the bad times, but things are good right now for a lot of people, too. It's very good Try, for Dolphins fans right now. It's good for Dolphins fans. Try to count your blessings when you can. If things are tough for you, you are in our thoughts, our hearts, and our minds. Um, be well. And do you have anything to say on this holiday season? Nope, because I can't follow that. So hey, have a good night. Good night. Or whatever you're currently doing as you listen to this. Play have a the good ketchup bat. noise.
pre-show test audio. Just imagine if we kiss 